Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, it's Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. So the injury situation is real. It's going to impact the Cowboys. Mickey will have the latest coming up here in about 20 minutes or so. Got some incredible around the NFL stuff after that. I I just love the way the show is laying out today. And tomorrow, remember, we're going to be at Pluckers, and that is the Dallas location at Lovers in Greenville. It's one of our favorite locations. We always get a great lunch crowd. We want to double it. Like, we want to blow Pluckers' mind tomorrow. So please come have lunch with us. Uh, In fact, isn't old Teddy Emmerich joining us in person, KT? He will join us at high noon at Pluckers. So Teddy Emmerich is calling... Uh, the Texas OU game on the radio side of things. So he'll join us. That's a good opportunity for you to come on out and uh, meet the son of the great Roger Emmerich that so many Tolos knew and loved over the years. Uh, so please join us tomorrow at Pluckers in Dallas. Let's go! <laughs> Let's go. Nick Savage will be there. It's going to be awesome. All right, so maybe I'm a little, I guess I'll just say it, maybe I'm stupid, but I've just looked past this game Sunday. Yeah. I'm like, all right, so Should the Cowboys, Cowboys are 4-2. and two. And they're going to have a home game against the Eagles. It's so important. Let's really start thinking about what happens if you win against the Eagles. Or you, No, no, no. It's not the way the NFL works. You have to approach it the cliched way, one play at a time, blah, blah, blah. So could the Jets actually beat the Cowboys on Sunday? There's a couple things to explore. But Ben KT's been making a big point of this. Take their offensive numbers which are truly terrible, by the way, and throw them out the window. So here are the offensive numbers. They rank 32nd, dead last in the league, in total first downs, yards per game. As a team, they're not getting 180 yards per game. Third down conversion percentage is 21%, and they only have four plays of more than 20 yards. Oh, my God. Now, Sam Darnold, a young quarterback coming off mono. <laughs> Can he make a big enough difference to where this offense? Because, like, for example, let's go back to, was that week two against Miami or week three? That was, what, that was week three. Week three. Those receivers made some plays in the first half. Devontae Parker made that big one. Now, the Cowboys eventually snuffed them out and blew, blew their doors off. But even though those numbers are that horrific, is it possible with Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell that this is a formidable opponent at they're playing at home? Can they get any offense going at all? No. Uh, this is not a formidable opponent. And if the Cowboys lose this game, Jason Garrett should be fired. <laughs> I like that. Uh, it, you know, this is – they are the worst team in the NFL in yards per game. Mm-hmm. There's nobody worse. They're second to worse in, in points per game. Average 9.8 points per game. They're the worst passing team and worst and third worst rushing team. They suck. And to your point, their quarterback's just coming back from mono. He's been out for a while. It supposedly weakens you. It does big time. So this is as big of a bye week layup game for the Cowboys as possible. I'm not panicking now over these two losses to good teams, but if they lose this game, 
We got major problems. Okay, KT, you hear what me and Ben are saying here. We're mm-hmm. trashing this team. Can you give us any reason at all to worry about what the Jets might be able to do offensively? I can. Okay. Um, but I'm not I'm not no, do it. I'm not planting a flag saying the Jets are gonna win. I know. But I can. This is not the hill you want to die on. So Robbie Anderson is a really good wide receiver. He had eleven catches so far this year, and it would be twenty five if Darnold was there. You know, it would just be a lot more than that. Right. He's a good player, he's hard to cover. Um, he, you know, was in a contract year and he was kind of expected. I was expecting him to have a big breakout year, but that's what happens when Darnold got hurt. Mm-hmm. They have Jamison Crowder also, who's a tough cover. Yeah. And we know all about Jamison Crowder. I think he had 13 catches in week one or 12 catches in week one, something like that. Wow. So was, Jay, was, Jay, that the, was that the Buffalo game that the Buffalo he, came back and yes. barely beat the he Jets? got 22 on the year. Yeah. So I think he had a bunch in that first game though. I think it was... Yeah, he had 14 catches in the first game. Oh, my God. So he's had basically eight since Darnold. He played a game with Simeon, and he played two games with Luke Falk. Yeah. So yeah. your numbers are going to go in the tank. Right. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, their offensive line's bad. Offensive line's bad. Le'Veon Bell is still there, though, from a shake it up. I mean, like He is like, he looks like the Le'Veon Bell of old. He doesn't look a step slow mm-hmm. or anything like that. He just he can't get any yards. The he's offense has been it's been castrated. He's averaging two point nine yards per carry. That's he, tough because he can't get back to the line of scrimmage because there's ten guys in the backfield. Right, like it's unreal. And and that's what you can do with Luke Falk. When Luke, everyone knows Luke Falk can't play. Yeah. When Luke, any third quarterback that comes in and plays, okay, well I know that on first and second down I don't have to worry about it. Right. My guys can cover it. It's fine. This guy can't throw it. If I get to him quick, it doesn't matter. So like all that's out the window. So. You know, they have weapons offensively. I I don't think Darnold's going to look good, man. I I just think when you're coming off that disease where you've been sh- I mean, you've been shelved for 3 weeks. You yeah. haven't been throwing, you haven't been doing things. Right. I think you'll be very rusty, but the thing that makes him a little different dis- despite I mean, uh besides having talent that Luke Falk doesn't have is Darnold's MO is kind of let me go do some wild, you know, Romo type stuff. Or even a little Aaron Rodgers type stuff. I can get out of the pocket, extend plays, and we've seen mm-hmm. the Cowboys bite the bullet on that a few times. Yeah, they. Have, I'm sitting here looking at their stats, and they have, I, they've. I'm, I I can only find one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown. They're horrible. Oh, they In only four had four games. They only had one offensive touchdown since he's been out. You could make like, an they argue- just don't They don't move the ball. You can make an argument that without Darnold, they're worse than the Dolphins. Without, you know what I'm saying? You can make that argument. So it's fun. Uh, I like, uh, I was reading uh, an article on them uh, over on The Athletic that Connor Hughes had written. Uh, he wrote the article. It's called How Sam Darnold's Return Affects the Jets and the Immediate Future. And I just kind of read through it. And I scrolled down to the comments. It was kind of, it was kind of fun. Usually I stay away from <laughs> comments, but it's pretty civil. And uh, one guy had the best line. He's like, I'm just glad that he's back so uh, I can actually watch the game. The last four weeks have been bye weeks. So just right. not, they're unwatchable, and now they're not unwatchable. And so the question is going to be, when Darnold comes back, is he going to be rusty like an old trombone? But I want to look at the other side of this. <laughs> I want to look at sure. the Cowboys are going to go up there, and they are going to try to run the ball. We know that they're going to try to you run think so? the ball. I do. After Zeke had 12 carries? Yes. Yeah. And so I let me that. offer this, because it's just this is a mentality thing. One, you're a lot less likely to turn the ball over if you're running the ball. You know what I'm saying? You're a lot less, you know, I mean, this is a team that's coming off a game with three interceptions that should have been four. And a couple of them weren't even Dak's fault, but they happened. They, when they did run the ball, they ran it really effectively. Zeke had five yards pop. He just had 12 carries. However, might that not be the bad play 
against the Jets because I would like to submit the Jets have given up 87.5 rushing yards per game, which is seventh fewest in the NFL, and they only allow 3.4, which is tied for third fewest. So the Jets have had a reasonably stout run defense here in the first, you know, four or five weeks of the season. And so don't you guys think that the – I mean, I would hope that the Cowboys are going up there still with extreme confidence. They're like, we're going to view each game differently. Where can we attack them? We're going to go attack them. But I could also see, hey, let's get back to really running the ball and showing everybody about where we're about. And it may not be the best play against the Jets. And stud linebacker C.J. Mosley is now going to miss this game. He's out, yes. So that's good news for the Cowboys. The only chance the Jets would have in this game is if the Cowboys had won out to this point and they were smelling themselves, as Dak said, Mm -hmm. sniffing themselves. If that was what they were doing, then they came in too high on themselves then maybe they would be vulnerable vulnerable for a letdown game. But that's not the case. The Cowboys are coming in stung, wounded. They're coming in uh, angry. Yep. They're looking to prove to the world that they don't suck. Now, I will say this. I saw that Tyron Smith did, has not returned to practice. Lyle Collins has not returned to practice. And Vander Esch is not out there for some reason. I saw Dave Hellman tweet this. Like, they don't know. Is, it, is there some injury? I, Hurt feelings. So, I mean, there is if you if you want to try to find some reason as to why this is dangerous for the Cowboys, you could just just look up a picture of Cam Fleming. Mm-hmm. That would make you nervous <laughs> about this. That's that guy is protecting Dak. Yeah, no, that's that's all fair, and that's why you know we. It's hard to give the Jets any kind of respect, but there's reasons why you have to. Yeah, you you especially if you have injuries playing there too. Another thing I think I guess I would throw out because we're I guess in a way we're talking about this segment trying to make this game interesting, right? right. Yes, right. that's right. the goal uh, of yeah. this. You know, I I think think about this. Think about how slow the Cowboys have started. Yeah, it feels like they've started slow. They have on the road now. That Dolphins game, you can start slow. Well, you can kind of toy with your food with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. You know, the Jets may be a little different now that they have Darnold back. Might be an actual football team. That's a tough stadium to play too. Yeah, yeah. And it's all it's always full. It's always gonna be full of Jets fans. So that's gonna be a tough place to play. So you can't fart around and, and fall behind or something like that. That'd be horrible. More than anything, though, you want to see a clean game. You want to see no turnovers. You want to see them sure up things. You know, I mean, I, I you want a you want a confidence building game yeah. heading into the Eagles the, at home next. And week. And these games are always nerve wracking because like it's m- very much closer to being a uh, season definer in a bad way than it is a good a good way you beat the Jets you just get a pat on the back you took care of business no one cares you right. know you lose the game and everyone kills you so I mean I, I again eight and a half I think is that the line I think I, I saw that's early. what I was gonna that's where I wanted to go next okay. I want to ask you guys are you okay. confident enough everything we've talked about we'll go around I'll start with you Ben are you confident enough to say that the Cowboys will cover eight and a half absolutely if they don't I've got serious concerns about this team like I'm not panicking there are people out there panicking. Like Bassick seemed to be in a lathered up panic, right? Like uh, he was concerned. He lost his mind. So he was very worried. I'm not there yet. A loss to the Jets would put me sitting right next to Bassett going, hell yes, I agree, Mike. Right mm-hmm. now I'm not. I'm looking over, God, he made me a little too worried. Like right now I'm not panicking. But if if the Jets beat the Cowboys, I wouldn't have any problem with Garrett being fired. I wouldn't have any problem with any degree of panic. This is a reset game. A chance to get back to where, they, how we were feeling about this team after they beat the hell out of the Dolphins yeah. and the Redskins and the Giants. This should be a return to the parade route game, and if it's not, I got serious concerns. They'll absolutely cover. 
or we got problems. Kevin, you have $100 of your own money. You have to bet on any game this weekend. Would you be confident betting that the Cowboys will cover eight and a half? It's not what I picked in my uh, – so I've got this thing that I'm in where I pick some games, and mm-hmm. I'm in a pool. And, is that and, legal? Well, yeah, and you can choose, I guess, which games that mm-hmm. you want to mm-hmm. go with, and I've stayed away from this one. Oh! Yeah, what? what a hater. What a hater. I stayed away from this one. We wow. still them boys, KT. He is not going to play yeah. with his food. Uh, but, Thank but, you, Shippy. Yeah, here's, no here's my – just to put it all on the table, if, can I – No. Uh, give me – the notion that Tyron is playing, okay? I can't give, promise you that, Kevin. I know, but give me that now, and I'm telling you, my pick is 31-16. Okay, what is Cowboys your pick Jets. What is your pick if Tyron doesn't play? 24-16. That's, oh, Eight so they points. don't, nah, the half point got you. Shippy, you have a gambling problem. <laughs> sure do. Would you, <laughs> would you bet on this game, eight and a half, will the Cowboys cover? I would. I absolutely would. I think that uh, this is their bounce back game right here after two really tough weeks. This is my ironclad fart machine number two yes. butt oh. maneuver of the week. The Cowboys will destroy the Jets. Yeah. Right. They will destroy him, and KT will come in sobbing no. on Monday that he lost yeah. $100 to all of us. Yeah. And Brett Favre used to have a fart machine. And now, I hit fart number two, and it's like... That fart machine is the Jets. That they is, are a fart machine. That is their first snap <laughs> that you're going to see. That play that, that Brett Favre just described will happen That next. is the city of the butt fumble. All right. It's uh, the Ben and Skid Show. It's 105.3 The Fan. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy. Hey, Mikey. If you're going to puke, find the popcorn bowl. But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm going to get you that budget. Just as soon as I... Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Touch base with Mickey Spagnola, and he joins us now. We'll try to get an idea as to what's going on with the Cowboys and Mickey. It looked like Dave Hellman was tweeting out... No Lyle Collins at practice, uh, no Tyron Smith at practice, and no Leighton Vanderesh. What what's going? Give us a little health update. Yeah, I wish I can help you out with the Leighton Vanderesh. That was kind of a surprise to everybody that he's not out there. So um, we'll have to poke around, and I don't know if we have to wait till the injury report comes out if he's on that. Um, did know that Lyle Collins wasn't going to be out there. Tyron Smith was at least out there doing some rehab work, so that was encouraging. Uh, and I was told on, I don't know, early in the week uh, that he probably wouldn't do much on on Wednesday, and they were hoping he'd get a little in uh, Thursday, maybe something on Friday. They're still optimistic that Tyron can play Sunday against the Jets. I think Lale's going to at least miss uh, one game for sure. And then one other update, Tavon Austin uh, is not out there. He's got a calf contusion. So Jason said he would be limited, so I don't know if he's going to get – uh, much of uh, anything in there. Uh, actually, Tony Pollard, who had a kind of an ankle knee coming out of the game, is out there in pads practicing. It, what is uh, the kind of the Cam Fleming feeling right now? Obviously, if Tyron can play, I think Cam is considered your swing tackle, so he goes back out to right tackle. If Lyle can't play, is he better at right tackle than Z- uh, you know Xavier is at guard or Looney at guard? What's your feel for that? And then putting... Uh, Connor, Connor at right at, tackle, at, at left tackle. Then, yeah. Well, well, if Tyron plays, moving Connor yeah, out to it, right. But if he doesn't, no. I, you know what? I, I think they would go. 
with either Cam Fleming or Brandon Knight. You know, Brandon Knight without Lale in there will probably be practicing uh, at right tackle uh, with Cam Fleming at left at, as it is now. So I don't know uh, if they would switch sides like that and say, okay, Cam, you go, you go right, or if they say, you know what, we're going to see what Brandon Knight can do uh, at the right tackle spot. He didn't do a bad job. He wasn't perfect, um, but he only played like a quarter and a half. And, you know, and the tough thing on those guys was, you know, that by the time second half rolled around, you know, the Cowboys were in pass mode, so the Packers basically knew what they were going to do so they could pin their ears back and, and go at them. But, uh, yeah, Cam Fleming's got to be better than, than than what he was, and so I'm sure they're hoping uh, against all hope that uh, Tyron Smith can get back for this game. Anything else we need to know about health-wise, Mick? I think that's probably it from a health standpoint. You know, Amari has had that ankle, and I'm guessing he's going to be uh, limited. But if he continues to play with that ankle the way he played last week, uh, I don't know that you're going to have any worries about him. Uh, right now, I, I saw on the league stats, uh, he's second among wide receivers in touchdowns with his five. He's he's only one behind uh, the leader. And uh, when it comes to receiving yards, he's also second uh, with – 512 already in five games. He's behind Michael Thomas, uh, who has 543. So he's been awfully good over these first five games. Hey, appreciate it, Mick. Good stuff. Okay, thanks. There he goes, Mickey Spagnuolo. By the way, Amari Cooper has now had 16 games with the Cowboys. So in 16 games with the Cowboys, full season's worth now, 98 catches, 1,408 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Okay, in typical Jesse Holly fashion, I saw him retweet or tweet that out yesterday with the caveat he should have had 99 catches. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, those are, you know, we had those uh, wide receiver rankings earlier today, Ben, the Sando rankings from The Athletic. Yeah. It's impossible to argue that that is not ace, number one receiver, elite stuff. Right. That's true number one receiver. If you're going to top dog stuff. If you're going to try to stop him in single coverage, you're going to pay. Yeah. And now the Cowboys have Gallup who can make people pay. And anyways, uh, fantastic stuff there. Appreciate it, Mick. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I want to get into something that uh, is it's right around the corner, and that is Halloween. Um, I got home yesterday and I pulled into. I live in a cul-de-sac in uh-huh. Light Farms, and I pulled into Light Farms. You know, it's part of uh, the now that the time that we get off and whatnot. And I had some meetings and stuff. And by the time I got home, it was already after school was out. My daughter was riding her bike around the cul-de-sac. And okay. I was like, hey, honey, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I'm just driving around looking at some of the decorations that are up. I'm like, okay, decorations already up? She goes, some of these people go all out. <laughs> like, that's a strange thing for an eight-year-old girl to say. She's putting you on blast, well I, well, I don't really go all out on Halloween, and the reason why is because we go out trick-or-treating. Yep. I'm not there at the house. And so as a parent, you got that decision. Do I want to go out trick-or-treating with my kids? Mm-hmm. Or do I just let them, we split up, divide and conquer? The wife takes some trick-or-treating and you stay at the house? That's what we do. We just put a bowl on the front porch. Okay. And like, hey, man, grab some. You're on the honor system. Come take, uh, no, not that. Uh, come take uh, oh, food out. Yeah. I don't want to miss the trick-or-treating part. And it's also super fun in my neighborhood. The, you know, light farms, there's different stands set up in different yards, like mm-hmm. one stand, one yard. Oh, this neighbor may have made chili. Everyone's getting little cups of chili and Frito pies. And then another, Frito. maybe a guy's giving out uh, fireball shots. Not to the kids, <laughs> to the grownups. 
And then uh, I'm old know. enough now. So it's like there's it's it's like a whole event. I, I don't want to be a part of that. And also, I have an expensive flashlight habit, and that's a great time to get out there and showcase a really awesome flashlight. Yeah, Man, I don't know what that means. So, uh, anyways, <laughs> I you know I always start thinking of Halloween candy around this time. Now, I'm, because of my diet, I'm really I don't God I don't know if I'll ever see candy again. You guys can have Milky Ways, right? When I when I bring up the greatest candy. And since we are in that Halloween candy yeah. season, what mm. is, I love those. What is your favorite candy? Man, I can't get my mind off of Milky Milky Way right now, yeah. but uh, yeah. I've got a strange hankering. Love saying that word. I love the 100 grand bar. That's good. It's love an underrated candy bar. I love the 100 bar. grand bar. Underrated. And then when you get the mini packages with two little logs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good, man. Uh-huh. That is so magically good. I have an, a candy bar that I like that's a little underrated. It's the Zero Bar. It's like an, albi- good, yeah. it's like an albino Snickers. Never yeah. had that. That's got uh-huh. some nougat in that hoe, it's right? It's got nougat. some nougat. Yeah, it's a, I'm, a, I'm a Twix guy, too. I like Twix. Oh, yeah. What about you, With KT? You. Well, I, I have to break mine up because I have more of like the chocolatey type and then like the sweet type. Mm-hmm. So like the chocolatey type is, for me, the basic Reese's Cup. And maybe you want to do the white chocolate Reese's cup. That's nice, all good. Nice C Very cup. Good. Like that stuff. And then I didn't know they had a white chocolate Reese's cup. Oh, it's it's incredible. Yeah, they did it with the Kit Kat too as well. Yeah. Oh, Kit Kat's legit. So uh, white chocolate's pretty good. I like white chocolate more than like the dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's racist. No, <laughs> no that came out racist. bad. That's but it's still yeah. chocolate. Uh, See where you're going. And with then this. A Smarties is my kind of. Oh, yeah. dude, I'll uh. crush up Smarties and snort them all night. Uh. I love Smarties. Just I straight got sugar. Uh, Shippy's mom brought me a big bag of Smarties, mm. and I saw, like, why, why a, I get some? like a year ago. It's still at my house. That's just kind of my once well, a night unroll a little, just one little thing yeah. of Smarties, a little sleeve of tin. We all got some. <laughs> That's good. Shippy, man. what? Shippy, what's your favorite candy? Oh. Uh, I really like <laughs> Snickers. Those are really good. The what Heath a sellout. Bar. Come on, Heath dude. Bar, though. What? The Heath Snickers? Wait, hold on. Come Heath. on, dude. Heath Bar, are you a toffee guy? Yeah. Heath's legit. I'm with you on that. I like Jeff Heath, Heath Bar. Yeah. I'm more of a Joaquin Phoenix bar I'd after the, seeing this performance. I get the Heath Ledger Bar. Okay, you guys did kind of the same joke. Yeah, I didn't. Over each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good, the actually. Car crash sort of. The same yeah. Great minds think yeah. alike. I've always said well, that. Well, uh, culturally topical. I also like Sour Patch Kids. Shut up, Shippy. Uh, <laughs> Where are their parents, by the way? Uh, uh, a Swedish list. fish. A, a Swedish <laughs> fish are no joke. That's a big Jesse Holly candy yeah. right there. He's our Mavs insider. Too chewy. They yep. get stuck in your teeth. Um, guys, we don't have to debate what the worst candy is because a list has come out. Oh, good. Yes. Official list of bad candy. And let's go through it. Start and should be. Do you have any numbers in there? I don't even. Uh, this, I don't, uh, would you mind freestyling? Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, it brings us to number ten. Number ten. Number ten. The bit of honey. Yeah, I agree. Now, yeah. when I was growing up, my older brother Tony loved bit of honey. In fact, that was his favorite candy. Does everybody understand what bit of honey is? Uh, is no. it is it on a stick? No, it can be. Okay. Uh, I think it can be, but that may be a sand It's something. a bad That's one. A, I have a bit of filter for my water. A uh, bit of bit of honey. It's uh, it's kind of like a Tootsie Roll, but it's really shaped like a little brick. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like taffy, but honey-flavored taffy kind of, I think. It was actually number 11 last year, Ben. It snuck into the top 10 as <laughs> on, it's gotten worse. On the list of worst candies, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, which brings us to? Number nine. Number nine, the good and plenty. What? Oh yeah, so okay. it's more like a, it's like a, it's like a licorice. Yeah, it's a bad, it's real bad. It's kind of like a euphemism, isn't it? Mm-hmm. My the porn name. Ten worst types of Halloween candy, which brings us to number eight. Now this was the uh, similar eight. to number nine. 
And this was the uh, most popular Halloween candy in Texas, according to the internet. Not true. And that's licorice. No, no, no. Dude, this is not the 50s. We've no. had like the whole this mass is an production. List. That we've that had, map is we've not. had the old mass production of marketed candy products. Yeah. People don't just get licorice anymore. They did that in the 50s when they lived on boardwalks and stuff. People don't walk around. Hey, Hey, chat, bring some licorice over here. They, they don't, that doesn't exist All anymore. Those maps are troll maps. They like to get people off sides, and uh, idiots like us will go I've, talk about I've it. I've never even <laughs> seen licorice in Texas. I don't think it exists. I like Twizzlers. Now, keep in mind this particular survey that we have here, they surveyed over 30,000 people yeah. to wow. put together the best and worst candies. And so these are the worst candies, according to over 30,000 people. They do it every year. They say the seventh worst Halloween candy. Smarties. Well, that's no. just bad. Yeah, in your faces. No, I like Smarties. Smarties Sucks. are good. I like, uh, dude, uh, I do like big giant, you guys ever rocked out those giant chewy sweet tarts? Oh, those are great. I prefer those to Smarties, uh, but they're kind of in the same family. You know? I prefer chewy. syrup. <laughs> uh, which brings us to music number six. <laughs> the sixth worst Halloween candy, according to 30,000 people, is the Tootsie Roll. Okay, I'm okay with it. It's just kind of a throwaway candy. Yeah, Tootsie Rolls is kind of a throwaway candy, but you know what's good is they have now these like flavored Tootsie Rolls. So they have like a strawberry and a vanilla, oh, and even the lime is good, and the orange one is great. That, the right. cherry one, those are really good, and they those dunk on the regular, orange. you know, uh, Tootsie Roll that just kind of looks like poo. So basically, yep. Tootsie Roll and Good and Plenty are the only ones on this list that have urban songs made about them, right? Right, unless there's a song about. Number five. Necco wafers. What? 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 Yeah, I don't know about this one. Never heard of it. They're like Smarties, but they're bigger. They're not as sweet, and they're way more chalky. Plus, they don't exist. Yep. It tastes like chalk. Probably doesn't taste good. Brings us to number four. Wax cola bottles. Those are awesome. You seen these? No. They look like little Coke bottles, and they're different colors, but they're they're tiny, and they're just wax. Was this another candy from the 50s? They're great. I have the little uh, ones that look like root beer. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah but the, you, these you just bite off the top of it and then drink it. Is it's, this stuff you get like Piggly Wiggly? It's like eating a, it's like an oyster, in a way. No, it's, <laughs> it's not. You bite off. You it's do a little work like you do with the oyster. You know how you got to do a lot of work with the oyster? You, you know, do a lot of work you, by hold on. biting where, off the top of it. Where are you getting your oysters? Are you like... Oysters come to your table, like, and they're already open. All you got to do yeah. is slurp them. Yeah, and that's why they're bad. Because they got oysters. They're a lot of work for a little bit of food. All right? You're so, thinking of crawfish. I'm also thinking of oysters. All right. Which, by the way. Crawfishes are at least, like, really delicious. Oysters are kind of. Wax cola weird. bottles are like eating a birthday candle. Um, all right, which brings us to. Number four. Number three. Number three. Peanut butter kisses. I love peanut butter. Um, <laughs> that's a great drop. <laughs> Is I don't think I've ever had a peanut butter now, kiss. Yeah, these are wrapped up. These have a, a, a horrible wrapper. The, the the wrapper on these is just like orange or or a brown color. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a basic. Uh, they were number five last year on the list, so they've uh, gotten a little worse over the la- over the years as well. The Kanye of the top ten, which brings us to number two, circus peanuts. You said peanuts. peanuts. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because the other one's like wow. <laughs> Um, it's got a red nose. Uh, see the great Mandingo. I don't know what that is. It's like uh, there. It's it's almost like a soft. It's like a marshmallowy thing, but it's kind of orange and is kind of painted and shaped like a fake peanut. You're serious? You've never seen it? Uh. Uh-uh. Is it candy corn? I feel like no. you just didn't see any candies. But that brings us to you didn't see it. They're <laughs> Number weird two. 
According number one, number one, one candy corn, the new worst Halloween okay. candy in 2019, according to 30,000 people. Candy corn slid up into the number one spot, knocking off circus peanuts, which was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not got, say that anymore. Got that off, got that off number one. Wait, what? And moved that to number two. All right, so and I again, I've I'm not some guy who likes candy corn, but I have been a defender. I feel like people, it became a thing. Much like, uh, and I think Nickelback sucks, but it was weird that all of a sudden Nickelback became the hot band to say that's the worst band ever. Part of it was I don't think name. they're good, but I can tell you that they're probably not the worst band ever. Like You could probably go find some worse bands, and that's how I feel about candy corn. It's probably not the worst candy ever. It just became very popular to, to knock on it because it looks like a traffic cone. Well, text in if you'd like to weigh in on what the worst candy is or the best candy for Halloween. Happy Halloween-y, everybody. Real quick, Ben, that, yep. that same uh, publication, <laughs> yep. they have their 10 best as well from their survey of 30,000. Oh. I think tomorrow might Let's be do a that good tomorrow. time. Let's do, do it in November, like right after Halloween. Let's do uh, it tomorrow. We'll do it live. Yeah. We'll do it live. Coming up next, we'll go around the NFL, power ranking the kicker concerns. Are the Cowboys on this list? We'll talk about that next on 105.3 The Fan. All right, uh, we had Mickey on earlier, and he's always plugged in, letting you know who is and isn't ready to go. And that's always presented by our friends Ford, the best in Texas. And they also bring you Jerry Jones every Friday morning. Don't forget, we'll have Jerry at 1030. Tomorrow, we'll be at the Pluckers in Dallas, Greenville and Lovers. And I'm looking forward to, uh, we're going to have Teddy Emmerich there, getting you ready for Texas OU because he's on the radio call. And the best way to get ready for the game is always KT's Red Band trailer preview oh, which is an explosive don't one tomorrow know guys. what it means but it's always great mm. content that'll be tomorrow from the pluckers in dallas at lovers in greenville we're also giving you a chance to win a thousand dollars uh you know we've done it already for this hour and 12 o'clock but we haven't you know one o'clock's right around the corner so do listen for that but let's go around the nfl fire up some music put us in the mood there shippy and here with more on first down it's tizzle ringer had an article out today called Ranking all 32 NFL kicking situations from most stable to least stable. All right. All right. So if you're number one on the list, that's a bad thing. Put it that way. All right. So things are uh, things are very tenuous right now with Brett Maher and Cowboys Nation. Right now, the fifth worst kicking situation in the league, according to them. Now, here's what they wrote about him. They said uh, his long field goal of the season is 36. He's missed both of his attempts from 40 yards or longer. Uh, but he has made 17 of 17 on extra points. So Stop he's not, with that. He's not fundamentally broken, they write. But here's what they also said. They said the Cowboys made the surprising decision a decision to cut Dan Bailey, uh, which I don't think too terribly worried about that, to be honest. So they could roll with Maher, whose career highlight to that point was getting named to the 2017 CFL All-Star team. What? I don't. That underst- was his career highlight. I don't understand how you roll out the greatest kicker in franchise history for just some guy from Canada, and and then you're married to the guy from Canada. Like, oh, we can't bring anybody else in here. We don't want to. Uh, we don't want to make Maher uncomfortable. We can't bring in an actual real kicker. The guy's been struggling since they opened camp. Something. So here's the problem. There's just not enough guys. We didn't want to get rid of dan bailey dan bailey you know got hurt and stumbled did you guys know i looked it up yesterday because some people were texting in going hey dan bailey's fixed now you know dan bailey made 75 percent of his kicks for minnesota 
That's that, not a good. It's not good. good. That's right. horrible. Um, now this year, I think he's only missed one field goal. I think he's gotten his number back up this year, so he, he's kicking well early on. In your on. face, yeah, man. yeah, in my face, double in my face. But uh, last but, year, I believe Maher was like twentieth in field goal percentage. It was like eighty-seven, that. wasn't it, or eighty-six? Yeah, he was twenty-fifth at eighty, eighty-one percent. Okay, so he was six percentage points higher than Dan Bailey in Minnesota, and Dan and Dan, and he was twenty-fifth. Yeah, dude, if you are in the bottom third of the NFL in anything, it's problematic. If it's kicking, what are you going to do at the end of a game? Yeah. Dan Bailey is 7 for 8 on the season. There you go. He's missed one this year. So remember Minnesota traded for Vedvik of the Ravens? Yes. And they ended up not keeping him. Then the Jets picked him up. Number one on the list in terms of biggest kicking crisis is our opponent this week, the New York Jets. Yes. Now he's on there because of, his name is Sam Ficken. And he's on there because they paid uh, Sam Ficken pretty good money. Uh, so, very, very interesting there. He's ficking uh, to shame. Number two is Cody Parkey of the Titans. But they just picked up the double doink king. He's going to be on a list every year of bad kickers as long as he's kicking. Number three, they label it the disaster jo- zone. The New England Patriots can't figure out if they want former Cowboys kicker Mike Nugent to be the kicker or young Hoku. I'm always down for a young Hoku. Yeah. And then uh, that brings up number four, uh, the Chargers. So Cowboys uh, right near the bottom on the kicker panic index. How Robert Kraft pull that off? Yeah. <laughs> so now. He wasn't the one pulling it off. I got a couple clips of audio I want to play you guys. Sir. So there's another article out on the Redskins. All right. Um, 13 candidates to replace Jay Gruden in Washington from the ringer. Hey, by now, the way, have we all circled the wagons and now we're all in love with Jay Gruden? Yeah. I mean, I love the way he's I, handled I always liked him. I'm in like with him. I'm not in love with him. I always liked him a lot. Let me pull you aside and tell you some great things about him. I really want to get you on board with this Jay Gruden train. <laughs> Is so this a video from the weekend? <laughs> so Washington has the distinct, here's what they had. They had, in the last four years, three guys on their staff who are now head coaches in the NFL. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and Matt LaFleur. Uh-huh. They were all there. So, the 13 guys on the list, real quick. One is Bill Callahan. These are the guys in the building. Bill Callahan. That is waving the white flag. If you're like, you know what? Give up. Let's just go to Callahan full time. By the way, they're <laughs> naming Colt McCoy the star. Uh, they're, they're going back to Case Keenum this week. That'll help. Oh, they are? Yeah. Yeah. The plan is to go back to Case Keenum this week. Colt McCoy will go back out. I like uh. the Ferris wheel of quarterbacks. <laughs> I wouldn't mind amazing. trading for Colt McCoy and trying to get him in here to kick, too. Now, here are the three names that were floated by an Ed Werder tweet. One was Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin right. was asked about it, and he goes, we're one and four right now. <laughs> Getting ready for the Chargers. Do you think he I'm was, thinking about anything else? He was asked about when he gets fired yes. taking the skin Are you serious? Yes. I love the NFL. Mike Tomlin's one and four also. Hey, hey, voted you, one of the most uh, sexiest coaches in the NFL. What do you think about these uh, rumors about you being a head coach <laughs> for another team while you're at a press conference being the head coach of the current team mike can you imagine if you guys didn't beat the Bengals? i mean you probably wouldn't have a job right now another name that was floated of the three of from the edwarder tweet one is eric Bienemy, the oc at kansas city hell yeah talked about him for a long time eric sleeping with Bienemy, uh and then todd bowles the dc in tampa bay so i mean he held the rams to 40 so that was pretty good yeah, he's on fire. And we saw todd bowles just it didn't work out and with the jets other logical candidates: Byron Leftwich, the OC in Tampa Bay. Is he Does that highly make you feel regarded old a little right bit? now? Going, God, Byron Leftwich is 
now an OC and a head coach candidate. God, Kellen Moore is the same, and he's ten years younger. Is uh, is it, Tampa's put up numbers? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know if he was a highly regarded guy. Leftwich. Uh, I don't think he is yet, but maybe he is. He's um, on the come. Brian Dabble, the OC at Buffalo, and then what? Chris Richard, defensive passing game coordinator, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I don't know, man. His stars li- uh, lost a little bit of luster here. I think uh, of late. Maybe he'd be a head coaching candidate. Definitely like his fire. It, you know, is it Marinelli's scheme? Is it his? I, you know, is it a hodgepodge? Is that? Whole, I mean, there's nothing impressive about their defense right now. Did you not hear that audio we played earlier, Ben? They were great at yelling. I this mean, is what they wrote. Can we said, hear that again? We have three computers and only yeah. one of them works. All right. <laughs> Can you mail that to us, shipping? <laughs> Snail mail it. We'll get it on Friday. That's right. They said Richard is many things Gruden is not. Young, loud, intense, and defensive oriented. Oh man. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not it. Hey, let's go train again. That's not him. Let's go train oh, again. It's the Florida Chip, strength coach. Chippy just won the day, though. Pretty man. good, though. Yeah. He yeah. really won Pretty the good. day. Pretty good. And if you're just now listening, that was in the 1140 <sighs> segment. You should tell us. We stay boys. All we have to do is right. But we got to fix our now. Go. Now. Got to front the or he'll murder us like he is. That's not us out there. All right, wipe that off. We got to lock the back in right now. I, mean, so, I can't tell on. what anyone's saying. No, no, no. That sounds like a bunch of audio of a bunch of guys panicking because the boat's taking on way too <laughs> much water. <laughs> like all this That's water is crashing over the side and guys are yelling and the bars are swinging around. And I hold that down. That's the, last hour. That's the last hour of the movie Titanic. Yeah, let's hear it After again. After the first two boring Just imagine hours. Marinelli and Chris Richard trying to get everybody calm as the giant <laughs> ship is sinking. We stay boys. All we have to do is right. But we gotta fix our now! Now! Gotta front the or he'll murder us! Like he is! That's not us out there! Alright, wipe that off! We gotta lock the back in right now! Oh no. God, that is panic. Yeah. That boat is gonna sink that real is soon. Full panic. Yeah. At first time I heard it, I was like, wow, that's a lot of fire. <laughs> I'm worried about the jets now. Now, <laughs> here are the five pipe dream candidates of the Redskins. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Ty's there. Josh McDaniels of the Patriots. He's always going to be the next guy up, right? Lincoln Riley, and then Jim Harbaugh, the head coach at Michigan, Okay, who my brother tweeted me a video where he's randomly in the background of a Judge Judy taping. I saw that. <laughs> Holy cow, that was amazing. Did you see this, man? Uh-huh. It looks so fake. Dude, it's, so it's Judge Judy, and she's telling someone that they're stupid. And when they cut to her, Jim Harbaugh sitting on the front row just laughing. There you go. I'll pull it up for you. Oh, yes, I did see that. That's it's incredible. incredible. How recent is this? I don't, it looks like it's a long time ago. No, I think it was this weekend he's during the Michigan game. Laughing, and he's laughing at Judy. It's so funny. Now, we go to... Well, hold on, hold on. So, they listed three candidates that there's no way in hell could ever happen. I think Harbaugh could happen, dude. If he if wanted we, to go there. He's really no one wants Michigan, to go there. I know, but it, he's... Dude, he has run his dream job into the ground. We got to play this audio. Okay. Okay. It's cut three, Shippy. LeVar Arrington on Fox Sports 1. What's the root of the Redskins' problem? This is why no one wants to go here. The root of the issue is, you know, it's ownership. I mean, it's, it's, it's the culture of, of the building. It's the culture of how things are handled. I mean, when, you, when you're in a building where uh, you're, you're told not to look the owner in the eyes what? and acknowledge him if you're not of a certain level of stature— Get out. On, on, is that real? Come Get on out. now. 
Come on, now. Come on, now. Maybe things have changed. Whoa. But but from my Is recollection, like, like Prince? from you my know, recollection, <laughs> you, you had you, you had to address him as Mr. Snyder, oh, even as an adult. And if you were not of a certain level or stature, you were not allowed. You were told not to look at the owner. This is accurate. We have a friend that worked for the Redskins, and that whole thing is exacerbated by the fact that he's 4'11". <laughs> so you can't, because if it's a big yeah. person, you can kind of look down. And you can't, yeah. You can't look down. He's down there. That really is true. We have a friend. It is? Yes, that's true. He's crazy short, and you're not allowed to look him in the eye. Yeah. That is 100% accurate. I mean, if there's, if, if there, it's impossible for that to be successful. Oh, As if that policy is in play. At any company, anywhere in the world, hey, listen, everything's cool here. Just don't look that one guy in the eye. That company cannot be successful. You're right. And so think of this, too. The other organization we always compare it to is the Knicks with James Dolan being the worst owner ever. He's he's a guy, remember, he threw Charles Oakley out of old Knicks games. He's a Knicks legend, was on a finals team, threw him out of the building because he was critical of Dolan. I just saw, I was sitting in a chair getting my hair cut, and I just saw Charles Oakley on one of those competitive cooking shows, and he was going up against Greg Luganis, the Olympic man. And I'm just sitting there going, man, who's going to fire Oakley from that cooking job? He'll punch you right in the face. Dude, uh, we got a text here from the 817. The Judge Judy Harbaugh thing was like in the last 12 months. Not super recent, but within the last year. That's crazy. I saw it. Uh, so I went to the Rack and Tour show the other night, and it's one of those shows where you can't, you can't have your cell phone. Right. So I kept my phone in my glove box in my car. The first thing I opened it up to was that text <laughs> message from my brother. <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm my adrenaline's pumping from a good rock show, and then I get in the car and open up that video and just started dying laughing. It's so funny. Well, listen, one of my favorite things we do every single Wednesday is Ben takes us through the NFL power rankings, find out where the Cowboys are, how far. Have the mighty fallen? We'll find out next, right here on The Fan. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.